Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we talk about a popular film franchise one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm just saying, Sean Levy's best movie is BFL. You know, Big Fat Liar, starring Frankie Muniz and Paul Giamatti. <laughs> I mean, I'm Alex. I didn't realize he made that one. Um, and I'm, it's me, the hometown hero, Britain. Uh... Did he? He made Big Fat Liar? I never saw the film. I just know that Paul Giamatti's Blue Dabba Dee Dabba Die and Screams in a Mirror. Yes. That okay. movie is amazing. I can't tell you if it's good. It's probably not. <laughs> That's a way to put it. But it's his best movie, darn it. He's He's been working longer than I realize. He's he's a more prolific filmmaker than I than I knew. So let's talk about the Night at the Museum movies now. <laughs> Yeah, we're back, guys. We're we're back to our our, our original uh, premise. We're talking about a movie franchise. Ah, back in yes, it's like because slipping into some old shoes. We all want a tonal whiplash after yeah. Game of Thrones and Hereditary. Halloween was over, and we said, you know what? No, let's let's do something a little wholesome. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't know that we could have chosen anything that is more like antithetical to Hereditary. Yeah. I think. I think <laughs> these are. I don't know what spectrum we're going. Like where, what ends of the spectrum they're on. Like what, what that measurement is. But they're on the ends of it. What you know, yeah. like it's. Uh, it was weird. It was weird to watch this this uh, <laughs> this film. Um, we we should point out also. I believe all of us watched this on election night. Um, yeah. and I would like well, to just go ahead and, and say, Hey America, let's start this. Let, you know, just turn off the news, take, get, sit down with some, <laughs> some apple juice. I don't know. Maybe like, uh, I think I did have orange juice because I, we had, <laughs> I had, I had some orange juice in the back of the fridge. It was a strange, I was just like, I don't know what world I'm living in right now. Like I, yeah. it was, uh, it was a situation. Um, yeah, um, well, I agree. I uh, And technically, we are recording this during election week, really, mm-hmm. because, you know, everything's all higgledy-piggledy out there. Um, <laughs> yeah, and Tyler, I don't blame you for drinking orange juice, because I assume that you pulled the orange <laughs> juice out of the refrigerator, looked at your baby, and went, you don't get everything. Some of this is still mine. <laughs> I still have a... <laughs> that, was, that was you claiming your relevance <laughs> with every... Every for, for, now. <laughs> for now, I have. I only yeah, have I think so I long. ate like a, I had like a cupcake or something while I was watching it. Man, <laughs> Alex, what did you eat while you watched that in the museum? I think I actually did have popcorn. There you Aww. go. Classic. Okay. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. The, the, the quintessential American film Look. experience. Look, guys, I just want two things in this world. I, I, I just, I, I want popcorn. And I want mm. no time to die. <laughs> I knew that was going to be one of them. <laughs> now, some of you may think that Alex is wishing for immortality. He is not. <laughs> because he knows if that anything, if were... once I get no time to die, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> he knows that immortality would mean he would have to watch all the James Bond he loves just blow away into the mists of time. Just kidding. So sad. Anyways, Night at the Museum, directed by Sean Levy from 2006. It has a 43% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 67% audience score. Do we need need to even elaborate as to why we chose this? We thought it'd be fun. (laughs) There were a few reasons. So, number one, I think we were thinking, like, having something, like, completely off the beaten path since we just did, you know... We did Game of Thrones, and that was mm-hmm. a, a huge endeavor, and then hereditary. Um, and then also, a uh, friend of the podcast, Cecilia, kept mentioning, she was like, you should do Night at the Museum, <laughs> so we're doing it. <laughs> and it's also, like, it's, an, it's a very nice, like, I think we got we got tired of the commitment to Game of Thrones. <laughs> was, I, was, I mean, uh, you didn't get tired of it. Well, I mean, <clears throat> even, in, like, I enjoyed rewatching that, but that was also, like churning through yeah. quite a bit of content churning out quite a bit of content about that and so it's nice uh, to take a break i forget what we did we, yeah we did oh, we did catch up that. with birds of prey i think Star i mean we Wars, had and then we did dune 
Um, before that, we did Blade. Oh, yeah. yeah. I thought it was Fast and That's Furious. like a lifetime ago. Man, wow. I forgot that we did Blade. <laughs> Um, uh. <laughs> but anyway, this, this was a nice, it felt like a, like a refresher, you know, just sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and it was nice to, and as much as I loved watching Game of Thrones, it was, it was nice to go, oh, I only have one thing to watch this week. <laughs> I have one yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah. So who uh. wants to start with best and worst things? I can, if you, if y'all don't have any. Do I can it. Go. Okay. So. Do it. Hi, my name is Britton, and this is my best and worst report on the night at the museum. (laughs) Uh, The night at the museum is a movie that you can watch if your mom takes you to the movie theater or a hotel room if you pay more for it, (laughs) which I think is the way I originally saw this film. I think my my, my family were on vacation and we we watched it. The the dang point is my my best thing about this movie is going to be uh, that's right, Dick Van Dyke. Mm-hmm. Um, really, the, the trio of the the former night guards, these three old old guys, Dick Van Dyke, Mickey Rooney, and Bill Cobbs. Um, I'm singling out Dick Van Dyke because I have a particular love for him. But all three of those guys, I thought they were really funny. These are old. These are pros. I mean, these guys have been. I mean, Nick, Mickey Rooney was a child actor, so I mean, he's been. He, mm-hmm. he. I don't know how old he was when he shot this movie, but I mean, he was in decades if like the if you look at the percentage of time his career took up of the history of cinema he's probably been in movies for the majority of time movies have been have existed sure um and these are massive names but i mean bill, bill cobbs is like a long-standing character actor but like dick van dyke i just adore and i think he's one of the most charismatic people to ever be on a movie screen <laughs> like watching this like it i was impressed at how game he was like he was just totally in it um he was so committed to it he seemed to be having a lot of fun i think he did some of his own stunts like i know there's a bit where they all three of the guards are like running up some stairs and i think that bill cobbs and mickey rooney both had stunt doubles but i think dick van dyke did that stunt himself which is notable because these are all older men. And Dick Van Dyke, I would not put it past him to be like, oh, I can do it. I'm full yeah. of magic and pixie dust. <laughs> um, he just, I mean, to me, he is like the combination of the like, aw shucks, nice guy charm of Jimmy Stewart and like the dynamism of like a Will Smith. He is so wonderful. I've loved him in everything I've seen him in. And I just, all, every scene he was in, I just had a real joy watching him because i just i just love him um my it's hard to pick a worse thing for this because nothing about the movie really like truly graded on me um i'm gonna say that i for me the humor was really uneven maybe that's the best way i can put it i feel like it vacillated between stuff with the old guys which i thought was genuinely funny to just a lot of like okay i get it but every time I had one of those moments, I thought, if I were a kid, though, like if I were actually the intended audience for this movie, I would probably find this funny. I feel like there's a lot of moments where they want Ben Stiller or Ricky Gervais to just kind of riff for a while. Yeah. And those felt kind of like the movie kind of ground to a halt for me. But I think mm-hmm. if I were a kid, I would be yucking it up, having a great time with all my friends. But I – it was it – was, and I love – a lot of kids movies i mean we did toy story earlier this year and i was just loved those movies and still love those movies as as you can hear if you listen to those episodes um but this i feel like the humor really was like oh this is aimed at children it's not that gross i mean there's a couple of but it's not yeah. really that nasty it's, um, it's very i mean it's it's juvenile it's not like it's yeah no. yeah and they don't like trying to put something really gross into a kid's movie. It's it's like no, no. On the same wavelength that kids are like, "Ew, that's gross," and then they laugh at it. Yeah, like there's a couple of like monkey urine. <laughs> well, there's like one yeah. monkey urine joke. That's it. Like and there's a Owen Wilson makes a he's a cowboy and he makes a lot of jokes about like, "I don't want to be manhandled." And hey, oh my guns, they fire blanks, my impotent mm-hmm. guns. And it's like, "All right, come on." Um, and he has a line at one point where he says, I ain't quitting you. And I guess the joke about that is Brokeback Mountain came out (laughs) the previous year. 
but uh, I would never have made that connection. But that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but even then, like I, those were, I was kind of eye rolling. But I was like, well, yeah, whatever. Like I, it still doesn't make me like angry. You know what I mean? Like I feel like yeah. uh, Pitch Perfect Two, we had some qualms with some of the the way they did the humor in that, specifically as regarded um, um, Chrissy Fit. I can't remember her character's name, but Chrissy Fit's character. Mm-hmm. Um, and this movie didn't like offend me it just like didn't make me laugh except when it did which i guess yeah. is how comedy works you know you know Brent, <laughs> you just you, they wouldn't let you make a movie with humor like this in 2020 is i think what you're trying to get <laughs> that's uh, true you can't you couldn't get away with it you yeah i mean the way this year is going i mean Somewhere... it, does, it does feel like it's it's out of like a a, a time a wormhole or something mm-hmm. No, it really somebody, does. Somebody once said to me of The Office, you could never put that on TV right now. You could never. They would never air that these days. And I was like, I mean, I think they do still air they The actually Office. actually continue to air it quite a bit. <laughs> and I think it's None. fairly benign, but okay. <laughs> Ugh. All right, what do y'all have? You can go, Alex. <laughs> oh, okay, sure. Um... I think my best thing is just going to be Ben Stiller. Um, sure. I actually found him to be a surprisingly compelling leading man. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the stuff that I've seen him in, he's either the antagonist, if it's something like Dodgeball, and mm. he's quite funny in that uh, completely different uh, kind of role, um, or it's it's like an ensemble piece like Tropic Thunder. Um, I haven't seen a whole lot of movies where he's the main guy, yeah. um, except for this. Uh, and I quite liked him. Uh, I think he's... He does a really good job just kind of playing an everyman um, without it feeling distracting or me going, I don't buy him as an everyman, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, I just thought thought he was really solid, I, you know, particularly in a, in a movie where, you know, a lot of the acting is, you know, he's kind of by himself or is reacting to CGI or, or you know, real-life animals or whatever. I can imagine that being actually kind of difficult, so I don't know. I thought he did, you know, a pretty solid job carrying carrying the film. Um, in terms of a worse thing, hard to say. I mean, you know, this this movie's pretty pretty inoffensive, and you know, it's hard for me to kind of like. Th- this isn't the type of movie where I immediately go in and I'm like, all right, I got to figure out how the rules of this universe <laughs> work, and I got to break <laughs> apart the logic of it, you know. And sure. like, there there were a couple of little things that I noticed, and I'm like, yeah, but. It, it, that's n- no, it's not that kind of movie. Relax. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> I think I might, it might just be like a couple of plot points that, that I found a, a little too, it just kind of personally bothered me. Um, and I think it, it all came around. Luckily it, it, you know, the plot kind of kicks in the third act kicks in right around this time where things happen. But I, I, Thought it was kind of weak when uh, he's like, oh, son, I'm going to show you all these things that are coming to life. And, you know, of course, the son doesn't believe him and then things don't come to life because the tablet's been taken. And his son for like 30 seconds is like, dad, I don't believe you and you're the worst father ever and we're continuing your character arc now. Uh." (laughs) Um, I thought that all was, I don't know. The movie, like, I, I actually thought it was it was doing a very good job up to that point, actually giving Ben Stiller's character not necessarily depth, but, like, I understood his motivations and what he was trying yeah. to do. And so so that was kind of carrying me along. And at that point, it was just a little flimsy. Um, and once again, kid's movie, so I'm not judging it too harshly, but I don't know. That, that point in the movie, I was like, okay, I've been here, done this, like that. Uh, yeah, I um, th- th- this may end up Tyler being your best or worst thing, so I don't want to steal this from you. But Alex, did it bother you when it turned out that Arya was the one that fixed the tablet at the end? <laughs> like, did did you think that maybe Larry should have done it? But of course, uh, Arya like triple flips into the frame and, <laughs> and then pokes pokes the thing back into place. I thought you were yeah, going to say, "Was I upset place. when Sacagawea just set the museum on fire, and so Ben Stiller had to stab her at the end?" No, no, Robin had, Williams had yeah, to stab yeah. her at the oh, end. Excuse you. <laughs> um. Actually, can I amend my best thing? I think it's a combination of Ben Stiller and Robin Williams. Um, yeah, it's a good cast. I, I, 
I did enjoy Dick Van Dyke and, and kind of his crew when they were on screen, but I thought the movie particularly for me was really kicked in when Ben Stiller and Robin Williams were just mm-hmm. like having conversations. Uh, Robin Williams, surprisingly, is wonderful. <laughs> Shocker, I know. Tyler! Yeah. Um, I'm really tempted to say the overall cast, but I think y- you guys got that covered. I'll, I'll go a different direction because uh, it's a Just say the movie. monkey! Um, yeah, the monkey. No, just I, say uh, Dexter. It's okay. <clears throat> I think my favorite, we all know you're thinking it. I, fi- I think my favorite thing, and I don't know where this movie like came from. I don't. I don't know who, what the like, the the brain trust was that came up with this movie. It's based on a book. Is it based on a book? I was wondering. Like, like, a, like a picture book. Yeah, feels like it. Because I think, and this is going to sound like a backhanded compliment. It's really not. I think uh, my best thing about the movie might just be the premise. I think it's a really fun like yeah thing I agree. it's like oh he's he's a night guard and uh he's working in the museum where everything comes to life and he has to figure out how to keep everyone safe and together and and cooperating and uh well you know how you, you hear like a director talk about a film premise where it's like oh yeah my kids you know like robert rodriguez i think spy kids and then shark boy and lava girl he's like oh that's because my kids they kind of came up with those ideas mm-hmm. and i kind of you know ran with them this feels like the best possible version of that, where it's like, yeah. this feels like an idea a kid came up with, but like a really imaginative kid, and so mm-hmm. they were able to like make this into something that was actually kind of compelling. Yeah, it's a it's a neat idea. What I'm saying is, Shark Boy and Lava Girl is bad, and all of you should feel bad. <laughs> Correct. Um, <laughs> and I think it it it's a premise that. Uh, kind of, oh, it's fine. We'll we'll do that franchise at some point. Um, it, it's a it's a premise that helps itself in that like it doesn't have to be super historically accurate because right. it's all like oh these are museum props and things and like you know they're yeah. they're made to to get kids excited about history and so like the like when you know robin williams as teddy roosevelt was talking about the fact that he's like well i didn't go to the make the panama yeah. canal or whatever i i'm just a mannequin and it's like okay you're kind of absolving yourself of like not mentioning anything historically. You can kind of just say mm-hmm. these are like caricatures of, of history almost. And so like, there's a lot of really, really interesting stuff that comes up with it. And I think the movie does a good job of, of uh, making that all work together um, and, and turning this into a, into a useful premise. Yeah. I can't, it's, it's not super easy for me to think of like a worse thing for this movie. Cause it's, uh, as you both have mentioned, it's, it's not like a super, I don't know. It's not a, a daring movie. It doesn't take a lot of risks. Yeah. I feel like and that, yeah. that open it up to making mistakes. You know, I don't know. It's not. It's not very offensive. Um, but uh, I, I think my worst thing is just going to be the fact that we don't get more of of Paul Rudd. Oh sure. Like they have Paul Rudd in this, and like his character. I, was... I completely forgot he was in this. Yeah, and his his <laughs> character is almost set up in a way you're, where you're kind of expecting there to be some more humor. Like Ben Stiller makes fun, mm-hmm. fun of him a little bit at the beginning of the movie. Um, yeah, and he, uh, you know, he's got like he this... has three cell phones on his belt. Yeah, and he, no, he, what is he? Is he a broker? Uh, uh, bond, or... A bond trader. Bond broker. Yeah, um, and so like it, it feels like there's you know maybe he should show up at the museum with the kid whose name I can't remember, um, and Ooh. then like you know they they get there and then Paul Rudd gets involved in some shenanigans at the museum. Mm. Maybe not necessarily being with everyone and helping, but maybe he they don't realize he got. Uh, you know, trapped by the lions in a corner and he's dangling from a tree or something. I don't know. Like, I feel like the... Yeah, yeah. the Paul that... Rudd getting ch- chased by a CG T-Rex for half an hour does yeah. sound like a good time. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Like, I kept... Or I, not, I kept waiting. I feel like it, it was a missed opportunity that to have him throw in there at the end. Because I also... I feel like the movie, it's it's not a bad thing that it's, it's pretty quick. I wouldn't say short mm-hmm. necessarily because I think it's, what, hour and 40 minutes? Something yeah, like something that, about, yeah. that, about that length. So, I mean, that's that's not, you know, particularly short or anything like that. But I did feel like the movie was wrapped up pretty quickly. Like, we hit the third act really fast um, relative to the rest of the movie. And so I feel like if you expand it a little more and make us, you know, have some fun subplots going on, 
I, I think they could have done a little bit more with the the smaller parts in the cast overall. Um, like Rami Malek. <laughs> yeah. He just shows up. <laughs> just like, okay. Yeah. Um, Screen debut, I believe. Or movie debut. Is it really? I didn't even try. I think so. Um, the, the movie does take place over like three days total, right? right? It's three nights. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, I feel like you... You could get a little more out of that third night if that's really what the big. Where's our Where's our sweet montage of him learning to to conquer the museum? Yeah, you know, I had Didn't I actually sort of had that, that thought. Though? When we he got... like sets up the 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 remote control car with the bone and he's locking everybody away. We do get a little bit of that. Brings right. brings the gum to but the then Easter, to things the immediately fall apart. Then, then things immediately go. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Because I think that's yeah. maybe when, like, he thinks he's got it. Because then, like, he locks up oh, okay. the the people with the arrows, and then he's talking to Jebediah and Octavius. Yeah, and then he's like, "You guys should play nice." And then things continue to get chaotic from there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like they could have they could have gotten a little more juice out of, it. especially just the fact that like the the premises, Larry is a uh, divorced dad who's you know, trying to keep a steady job so he can have a good relationship with his son. And he's antagonizing his uh, wife's new husband, boyfriend. I don't remember. Uh, Fiance, I think. Fiance. And uh, so, you know, I feel like there's, there's a little bit more juice to be mined there. It doesn't have to be a lot, but I think maybe a couple missed opportunities, but I mean, I'm ultimately not upset about it because I would rather the movie be like, I have nailed the thing that I wanted to nail. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I had this realization watching it that I I, I was kind of relieved that the ex-wife character in this movie isn't, like, shrill or cruel or, like, she she clearly is, like, a nice person. And when she she does bring up her concerns about Larry's instability in terms of jobs, she's like, it's purely about her son. And it's just like is this really good for him? And, you know, if, if this weren't about him, I would be so in support of you doing all these things. But, like, is it really a good idea for him? And, like, they clear, she's they seem to have a healthy relationship. And even, like, with Paul Rudd, like, Ben Stiller kind of makes fun of him, but you don't get the vibe that Paul Rudd's, like, a selfish jerk, or, like, that they hate each other or anything. Like, that's kind of nice that... I feel like so often this situation in movies, the ex-wife is treated like just an awful person and the new boyfriend is just a total jerk. And so having them, they're just like there to antagonize the main character. And I kind of liked that we didn't have that this time. But on the other hand, that just kind of made the movie feel even more, oh yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And here we are. <laughs> so that it's a kind of like balances out. Because um, I, I feel like Alex, you're talking about Ben Stiller and Robin Williams. Both of those are act. Both of them are actors who can and could go very big, and both mm-hmm. of them play it play it down in this. And I like that Stiller does. And I, Robin Williams, I love him, and I actually love him more as an actor than I do as a comedian. I think he's very funny, and I do like him as a comedian, right. but. I think he was such a brilliant dramatic actor. Like he was a really gifted performer. I always loved the more serious Robin Williams performances, or the more like, I don't know, maybe I don't mean more serious, but the less like big and cartoonish. I say that in like he's great in Good Morning Vietnam, but I um I really liked him in this because he just got to be like nice and mentorly. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tyler, to your point about the the protection against like the historical anachronisms. I totally think that works. The movie's not supposed to be like a primer on history so much as yep. it is like a teaser. Yeah. Um, and the only like, it especially protects against the, the fact that Teddy Roosevelt was openly prejudiced towards uh, <laughs> indigenous people yeah. and saw them as savages and thus would probably not be in love with Sacagawea. But then when they were like, oh, he's not but, really Teddy But the Roosevelt. wax version's been stuck in that exactly. same building with totally her for different. 50 years. Right. <laughs> totally different. Hey, do you guys, does Ben Stiller not understand how glass works in this movie? Because when he goes yeah. to talk to her, she's like, I can't hear you. Because she's gesturing that she can't hear him because of the glass. And she's kind of pointing at it. And he's like, what? What? And well, then the next day I, he's talking I, to Carlo Gugino. And he goes, was Sacagawea deaf? 
because it was she and i'm like ben seller come on you know how this works you're not you're not zoolander this of, time i did have some of those kind of questions and i'll just briefly go over this just kind of the, the quote-unquote world building problems i had with the movie <laughs> like why are the dioramas not like you know why do they not have like a glass shield like all the time Little mm. kids would be just sticking their hands in there, messing yeah. with it left and right, like that. I don't know. That seemed to confuse me, uh, I, and I didn't really understand. So Ben Stiller, like he knows exactly the time when everything's going to come to life. So I feel like he has plenty of time to prep and make sure everything is closed. Well, you can't close things off before museum patrons. Maybe they want to see something. You got. It's got to be uh-huh. right at close. Otherwise. Ricky Gervais could come waltzing in and I, be I, like, hey, why did you close off the... They're going to want to see this. Well, then I guess that's the problem. They don't state when the museum <laughs> closes and when the, the things come to life, all right? And then, then the other gonna, thing I, I found, because I, I I did kind of find Owen Wilson, like the, the just running gag that he can't actually shoot anything. I thought that was kind mm-hmm. of a, uh, you know, a funny joke, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah. it's all the little... Little Spartan guys with their arrows. Do they just pick all those up? Because they're going to run out. <laughs> and they just keep firing them willy-nilly every night. But Owen Wilson doesn't have any bullets for his guns. I don't know. Well, the bullets, because that would also mean that the gun barrel would have to be hollowed. And they'd have to, like, sure. mow, mow the trigger. And they'd have to shape the But they do have stuff in that a song. tiny little thing of dynamite that they use, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think the movie's a little bit selective about what works for for the the wax figures and what doesn't. But sure. once again, like that's it doesn't yeah. matter. Do you guys think he makes his friends call him Rick Gervais? <laughs> and then because... they go, "All right, fine, Rick Jerk Face." I mean, because I don't know if I'd rather call a human adult. Rick or Ricky? <laughs> I think they call him. They call him Icky. You oh, like Iggy, sort of. Same, same vibe. <laughs> yeah. Icky jerk face. <laughs> oh, what you say so mean to me? What you, I can't believe you. So is, uh, this is actually. I did not mind him in this. I thought that was that he was kind of fun. No, no, he's fine. Um, and I know. Yeah. I think people like you know the original uh, Office run and, and stuff like that. Sure. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I think I, I like the running gag of him starting to say something and then just not mm. having a, a thing to finish it up. Like he says, what do you think this yeah. is? Some kind of, you know, <laughs> like, it, I think that's, that's a fun little bit. Well, I like how that's, that's almost like a counterbalance to, uh, Mickey Rooney always having his, his little creative yes. insult to throw at Ben Stiller, <laughs> where it's like, those oh, are we've got so like funny. the generic boss character who's always giving Ben Stiller crap. But he can't back up his threats or whatever he's he's saying. I don't know. I, I thought that was a, a nice little juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like so. Let let right, let's, Mickey Rooney calls Ben Stiller multiple <laughs> insults. I guess. Let's see how many we can remember. He calls him lunchbox. Mm-hmm. Calls him hot dog. S- hot dog. Hopscotch. Sna- s- hopscotch. Snack pack. S- snake. Snake. Snack shack. I believe it's one of Snack them. Snack Shack. That's yes. what it was. <laughs> oh my god! It was so funny. This 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 tiny old man just like, "Hey, Snack Shack, I want to punch you with my fists." <laughs> it's pretty good. And That's he says, good. and there's something we talked about. Like I went 12 rounds with Joe Sullivan, and they put the, uh, which would not be possible because I read this. Joe Sullivan died before Mickey Rooney was born. Um, they put the camera on Dick Van Dyke, and he's like rolling his eyes and mouthing along with what Mickey Rooney is saying. Mm. Yep. This is good comedy. Good, good, clean fun. <laughs> uh, so this movie, I... Actually, actually, one more note about the comedy. When I talked about how it can be kind of benign. At the beginning, uh, Ben Stiller takes his son to hockey. Kid plays hockey. Good? Badly? I don't know. Ben Stiller goes out onto the ice. It everything's fine. Whatever. Ben Stiller and the kid are walking home, and Ben Stiller saying like, "Oh, do you, you know you don't want to play hockey anymore? Like, what do you want to do instead?" And the kid is like, "I think I want to be a bond trader." And he's like, "Really?" And he's like, "Yeah, you just like Devin or whatever Paul Rudd's character's name is." 
And uh, Ben Stiller's like, what, you want to be one of those guys? Wear a monkey suit? And the kid starts laughing a lot, and then Ben Stiller just does the most, like, perfunctory... You want to be like, I am a robot automaton. But the kid laughs so hard. The kid's just like... (laughs) And um, that annoyed me. (laughs) And I was like, okay, hang on. He didn't earn that much, kid. (laughs) I I think you're getting your post-hockey ice cream. I don't think you need to... (laughs) I also wanted to mention that this movie, the cinematographer for this movie is Guillermo Navarro, who is an Academy Award winning cinematographer who has worked with Guillermo del Toro a lot. Mm. He shot Pan's Labyrinth, um, both Hellboy movies, Pacific Rim. Uh, He shot From Dusk Till Dawn, Jackie Brown, um, Zathura. Just going to let that hang there for a minute. And uh, yeah, he's really by Jean Favreau, yes! Welcome to space! <laughs> Yamos! <laughs> Do lots of... Uh, you take the camera and we show them all the... the, the twinkle, twinkle... Uh, uh, etoile petit. <laughs> um, and, uh, man, I hope I hope that means little star. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I thought it was really interesting. It's always interesting when you see these... These movies... You see these, like names that you associate with more prestige mm-hmm. pictures like Roger Deakins is the cinematographer for the village like that's the tr- which is a, not the same thing as the night museum but this is I don't know but then you're like well Are you yeah sure? cinematographers gotta work too well never seen them in a room together <laughs> let's do it let's pull let's pull up night at the museum <laughs> pull up the village and we'll see if they're the same movie two monitor setup yeah <laughs> run them see if they see if they sync up <laughs> we'll play one backwards <laughs> and yeah, exactly. It'll be good. Uh, oh man! So uh, that's all we got for today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, did you guys? So Alan Silvestri did the music. Now, did he really? I did not even look that up. Yeah. Wow. Okay. He did. That makes does sense. Does he? I know he doesn't. But does he score everything like it's a Christmas movie? Yes. Yes. Okay. In a good way. I would argue. No, I agree. I think he, he has made some really great scores. I mean, I, the Polar Express score I really like. Obviously, Portals is really big for y'all. Well, Back to the Future is the big... Oh, he did do Back to the Future. Yeah. That's right. That's right. It's a big one. Which still, I mean, like... Yes. Yeah, the, you, I'm not denying that your premise is correct. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's uh... Yeah, no, he, he definitely does it in a good way. But there's a lot of parts of... And I guess it's called where they are. But there's a lot of, like tinkling music yeah. and stuff that i expected i expected to, there to be a shot of like a tree lighting you know and suddenly like oh, santa's here he didn't forget <laughs> about our little town after all there's a santa exhibit at the museum and, and this is oh uh, i'm i think i'm our like we watched this and it's like yes this is this is a fine movie but i think it got me more excited about like the the future ones because i don't even know if i've seen sure. the third one um, I haven't, but I know I know I've seen the second, and I think is that the one with Amy Adams and mm-hmm. as Amelia yeah. Earhart, yeah, uh, which is quite fun. And like I think there's more fun stuff. Like this is a fun premise to do stuff with. Um, yeah, there's there's a bit in this where Dick Van Dyke is running around and he goes into like the ocean world, and they've got one of the whales hanging from the ceiling, but they probably yeah. didn't have quite the effects budget to do a whole lot with that, so they just show mm-hmm. it spraying him back out out of the door. Um, and I want more stuff with that. I think, uh, it's a fun yeah. premise and I want to see more creative museum things. Like the fact that we've got the miniatures and the miniatures are also coming to life and they're, you know, they're, yeah. that's a whole thing. Um, yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of fun little details with that, uh, that I'm excited to see more of. Um, no, definitely. Cause you have just this whole, all this history and all these different figures that you can use and types of things. You- have y'all, have either of y'all ever been to the Museum of Natural History? Nope. Okay. No. Alex? Okay. Neither have I. Um, but <laughs> I, I'm given to understand that they shot... That the interiors were all built on, like, a soundstage. That, like, that makes they sense. Didn't, I don't, they actually shot in the Museum of Natural History. Um, this movie had a budget of over $100 million. Huh. And it's all on the screen. I mean... Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think the movie actually no, looks, it looks good. Pr- pretty good for 2006. 
Mm-hmm. Even the yeah, special effects, for the most part. I mean, I, I would. For me, the only spotty CG was really just like Owen Wilson and. Uh, sure. I don't remember the uh, actor who plays Octavius. Steve Coogan. Yeah. Um. Kind of, kind of them just standing with a giant green screen around them. That didn't yeah. look too great, but. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of that I was able to go, well, it's 2006, yeah. <laughs> you know. No, I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I think that uh, having never been in a museum, I can't speak to its accuracy in terms of how they recreated it. I imagine it's accurate enough, <laughs> um, but I don't know the specific layout. Should we go right now? Should we go I mean, to Museum of Natural History? And, yeah, let's do it. Let's make know, this an take, audio tour. <laughs> take a field trip um, from our just... collective places, and then when we get there, we'll remain six feet yep. apart, of course. Um, we'll all walk around with our microphones. All right, now we're walking over to the Alex. Alex, stay in sight. Stay in sight. <laughs> stay where I can see you, honey, okay? We'll get popcorn later. Come on, we're going to go look at the Cowboys. That you like from the the mean and the nice, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Good, the bad, and the that one. Come on, let's go Alex look at it. Alex doesn't him. like that movie. What are you talking well, about? Well, we're we're growing apart. This, this whole skit is just collapsing, Bryn. I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what you're going for. <laughs> the premise is Alex is my child, <laughs> and because I've been spending so much time at the business factory. I'm not really uh, aware of his interests and what he's into right now. If he still likes all those transmorphers and kind of like, power guys and stuff, kind of like Larry Daly in Night at the Museum. Thank you. <laughs> what do we think that boy is interested in aside from hockey? <laughs> Math. Alex, what else? <laughs> say something about Night at the Museum. Because I really... Look, we're all in a, in a, in a, in a way. But also, I, I don't know what all there is to say about it. No, there's really not a whole lot to say. I mean, like, <laughs> the plot developments are, are pretty pretty standard and, and not, not too surprising. Um, I don't know. It's just... It's fine. It's completely it's fine. It's, it's, it's not... This would be a movie I would be perfectly fine with never watching again. But you know, but no, no, but but on the on the other hand, like if I you know I'm visiting family or whatever, and it just happens to be on the TV, I'll be like, okay, it's fine, it's harmless. Do you guys? Um, no, I don't know why I started it that way. One of the things that I liked about this movie is that Rami Malek plays a I believe fictional Egyptian pharaoh and is actually Egyptian himself. Mm-hmm. That's nice. <laughs> that. Um, we didn't have to deal with an uncomfortable uh, situation there. Sure. I will say, I believe. What are you talking about? The... I wanted Tim Allen to show up as <laughs> as the ancient Egyptian pharaoh. <laughs> what are you talking about? They want me to put? You can't take my right out of my nose. That's disgusting. Come on, hey, whoa, that's Tim Allen. My impression of him. I was a real last man standing. The. Um... <laughs> The I don't Hunnish. dislike Tim Allen, but I also want to see him in a scene with Robin Williams, just so Robin Williams can act circles around him. Can can do the thing that, like, Tim Allen does when he's trying to be funny, but do it, like, way, way better. Could you imagine if Robin <laughs> just... Williams was in the Santa Claus movies? Like, w- what if he was Santa? Oh, Why would you do man. that to me? Did we talk about this when we did those movies? He would be a really good Santa. I mean... I remember we have talked about we, he would make a really good Mr. Freeze as well. Like, a, a good, like, yeah. alt-alt take on mm-hmm. Mr. Freeze. But imagine those exact same movies, and you yeah. literally just replace them. Yeah. It oh, would be man. so much more enjoyable. Yeah. Oh, man, he'd be good in those. Well, guys, time to go back in time. We got another <laughs> wrinkle to, to smooth out. Um... That's that's right. The title "Here Come the Sequels" is actually a threat. <laughs> uh, talking about Ben Stiller to, to try to inject some sort of uh, actual movie discussion here, um, and his character being like his performance and his character being like good parts of this movie. Um, mm-hmm. the, I quite like the fact that uh, they have the little subplot in where. 
uh, one of the cavemen gets stuck outside, and we so we see the because consequ- a we see the consequences of what happens when something gets stuck outside. It turns to dust. Um, right. And mm. Ben Stiller is very sad yeah. about this because he he has failed that caveman mannequin. Um, that's one thing. But then also it it's nice because I think you get a lot out of that bit that helps you see like oh he's really upset that you know he his uh responsibility to the museum uh is to keep all of these alive and and he's he's failed that and he's you know understanding the consequences and it's helping a reinforce the fact that he continues to come back and and continues to have to uh try to fight to make sure all these these little inanimate things manage to continue being both inanimate and animate at times. Um, <laughs> and then also, uh, I think it, it helps make us care a little bit more about his character. The fact that like, Oh, that's something that he's empathetic about. And he, you know, it impacts him. It's not like a human dying, <laughs> but it's, yeah. you know, it's, uh, it, I, I guess there is, <laughs> there's sort of a toy story thing to it where it's like, this is a weird thing to think about. Because you don't like the consciousness of an inanimate object that again is sometimes inanimate and sometimes animate. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's it's weird to uh assign how sad we're supposed to be to that scene. But I think it helps that we have that scene for Ben Stiller to be a little upset about and to kind of grow from there because I think the movie does a really good job of making him a realistic uh yeah. loser at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> um yeah. You know he's he's got all these ideas that failed. He's kind of arguing with the, I guess it's like a like a headhunter uh, lady trying to find jobs for him. A headhunter? I think that's that's a professional term. I'm wrong. Wow. No. I I, if it is, before. I just didn't know that. The, the, oh, okay. I didn't. Wait, and Alex, what did you say? Sir? Um. Yeah, I've heard that term before. Yeah, headhunter. Yeah. Cool. Okay. No, I know business. Yeah, it, I spend time at the also... business factory. True, true. I got my. She's uh, that's Ben St- uh, Ben Stiller's mom. Is it really? <laughs> that's I quite believe fun. so. Um, yeah, no. I think uh, uh, the the movie does a good job establishing establishing him to begin with as someone who's just completely down his luck. And I like the fact that she mentions, oh, they keep turning down people that we send over there because they're looking for someone who has like a crappy resume and you know doesn't really seem competent, so that they can then frame him for uh stealing the tablet and get away scot free. I think that's a lot of fun. I think that's a that's a nice little thing they didn't have to think about but they did. You know, it shows that yeah. It's a little bit of foreshadowing that something sinister is up because they think, "Oh yeah, this guy is the is our guy that we're going to hire." And you're like, "Well, why would you hire him? He's a he's he's a down on his luck uh loser who tried to sell the snapper." Um <laughs> and so I think that the movie do, the movie has a very tight script. It, it thinks about things and uh, executes in a way where it's all very logically consistent. Um, world building stuff aside, and gives you a satisfying little little package of uh, family fun. Uh, I I just looked this up about the Hunnic language because I believe it was all improvised in the that movie. Makes sense. Which, I, I don't know if this is a dead language, I don't know if there's any writing of the Hunnic language, if there's any way for us to learn this, but just having the actors just make up sounds feels uncool. <laughs> In a way you can't quite place. It's just like... Yeah, I'm like, and again, obviously if these characters, if it was like, oh, these are characters who are Japanese and they speak Japanese... And then to have them just make up whatever mishmash of sounds would be horrible. But this, I'm like, I don't know if we have access to that language. But also to have Patrick Gallagher just go, Punami! <laughs> about ripping Ben Silver. It just felt like, I don't know. Maybe it's I'm okay. just... It's okay, Britain. This is in the same movie where Ben Stiller has a slap-off with a monkey. That's true. He does. He we does. also, we do get Robin Williams seemingly making up a pygmy language, clicking language on the spot. Yeah, that play, was actually worse. <laughs> we're playing a little close. We're play, we're we're doing a little much. <laughs> yeah, that's here. true. You know, we're <laughs> actual yeah, humor you worse. couldn't get away with in 2020. <laughs> they also 
tore Robin Williams's character in half. Correct. He's just saying, "It's like, oh, it's a good thing I'm a mannequin," and it's like, "Ah, um, okay." <laughs> not at not at not at the museum for blood in the snow. That's <laughs> where they go to a mausoleum. Man, a headhunter. <laughs> not a lot to say. A headhunter is a company or individual that provides empl- employment recruiting services on behalf of the employer. Headhunters are hired okay. by firms to find talent and to locate individuals who meet specific job requirements. It's from Investopedia. Oh so. well, um, Tyler, that was an excellent book report on Night at the Museum. <laughs> Thank you. Well, then I, I, I should have invested more time before I criticized. I, I did not know so. that was what it was called. Yeah. You really had me. You, you had me second-guessing myself for a second there. I was like, maybe it's not. Maybe I've just. No, no. I, I just. That's such an interesting. It term, is. You're hey, not wrong. What do I know? Um, I work in a library, and we just all, all refer to each other as bookmen. <laughs> I'm not against that. Bookman? 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 What's that line in Avatar The Last Airbender when Aang is trying to, like, fit in with the Fire Nation kids and he's like, Flamio, Hotman? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a great show. Um, Do we just do letter grades now? Like, I Maybe. Know, guys. Yeah. Man. I, I, think, I think we've, uh... We've soaked up all the material from yeah. this movie. Um, I'll go first. I'm going to give it a C plus. Um, you know, I think it's yeah, slightly above average. You know, family film, nothing crazy, nothing terrible. You know, pretty solid. C plus. I'm giving it a C. But no, I mean, C to me is perfect <laughs> because going higher than a C would feel dishonest in terms of it would it would connote more affection than i feel but going <laughs> lower would feel like i'm criticizing it when i'm like i think this movie did exactly the thing it set out True. to do and aimed and and i think it successfully hit the target it was trying to hit in terms of an age dem- demographic yeah. like whenever i have kids if they're like dad can we please watch the hollow projection or whatever we're using to watch movies and can we please watch an edit music? Please, Dad. Please, we're begging you, Dad. <laughs> how? At, at what? Please. At what point did they convince you? How? How far do they have to go? I, th- Dad, we've seen every Corey Da movie. <laughs> Father, we are. I am nine. My Uncle sister Alex is made six. us watch No Time to Die. 95 times. And it just came out last month. And it just came out last month. And I just... There are little child-shaped divots in the movie theater seats. Dad, (laughs) please. Can we just watch Night at the Museum? Please, Father. I think I'd let him watch it. (laughs) See, this is is making me think you should give it a lower grade. This is making me think that... (laughs) Yeah. I'm out of convincing... (laughs) I'm going C plus. It's fine. It's uh, it's it's got some nice flourishes. It's not mind blowing, but uh, I remember that this was like movies really did not exist to me if I did not watch them in a theater pre 2010. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think I watched. I mean, I guess like Disney animated movies or whatever. Sure. But like, I have a very vivid memory of watching Inception in, in 2010 and being like, this that was that was a mate. What is what is film? What did, where did that come from? <laughs> and realizing that like movies, there, there's more of these movies are good actually, um, and this was very much in that like that era for me of just like oh that was a fun movie, I like the movie mm-hmm. theater. I I enjoy being a kid and be, and watching the Ben Stiller and the Monkey. It was good. <laughs> like I think I think it's a really great just like kids film. To, you know yeah like, yeah I, absolutely I would, yeah. No, I agree. Well, and then you walked out of the you, you you saw the other posters in the movie theater hallway, and you're like, "The Departed? What's that? Can we see that next? <laughs> Does that have been so much? Wow! 
well, I'll I'll uh, I'll get my my son to weigh in on that um, in like five or six years. I'll show it to him, and then I'll be <laughs> like, "Hey, what did you think of this movie?" <laughs> Yeah, you'll show you'll him go back and, and ask him what he thought podcast. of The Departed. <laughs> or The, or the Departed. <laughs> um, I, I did want to say, the the one time where I, I just giggled like a child was the moment where that Robin Williams, it, like he goes back into position and then he, he startles Ben Stiller. Yes, yeah. That one I, I, that I was, was giggling and I was like, okay, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, 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 agree. I remember my my movie theater experience watching this movie, and I was like, okay, that, yeah. <laughs> there is a little bit of my younger self still in me. It's like point oh oh one percent, but it's there. It's just hello, Alex. Not now. Hello, I, I have grown quite large. <laughs> Where Please. is you? Where is no time to die? <laughs> you won't. We haven't watched the page master in so long. Um, do you guys true. have any recommendations? Any recommendations? <laughs> any, anything you've been seeing? Or playing or reading or listening to? Or making pottery? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about the pottery that I'm not making. Um... <laughs> Um, no, I, I don't really have any recommendations this week. Um, yeah. I, I, I have not had time to, to get to anything else. Um, I, I, I would say the Mandalorian cause apparently that's amazing, Man, but I, I think I'm there, just going to yeah. wait and binge the whole season. Sure. Yeah. I got to watch that. I did. I, I was going to say, I, I think literally the only thing I have watched since, uh, at least our, uh, Halloween podcast is the film night at the museum. Um, but <laughs> Uh, did watch the that episode of The Mandalorian that that first one it was good stuff. I I was surprised they didn't put more of it out. I feel like that's kind of the sweet spot is to do like two episodes to begin with, just to give let people really like get back into it. But you know what? You do you Disney Plus. Uh, I realize you yeah. you need content and you need to spread that content out as hard as possible. Yeah. Um. For yeah, sure. I have not. I, I have no other stiff yeah i um i've watched i've watched a couple of things but i'm gonna dip back to something i watched a few weeks ago because i'm gonna recommend a real check your brain at the door easy breezy lemon squeezy movie it is a jackie chan martial arts movie from i want to say 1985 it might be 83 called wheels on meals uh this is on amazon prime and i want to give a a qualifier that for it enhanced the movie for me but i think the only version they had on amazon prime is the dubbed version okay um and that to me put it squarely in like a good bad territory because first of all this is jackie chan in the 80s it is the action sequences are amazing it is human athleticism at its peak it is so brilliant. Even just the sequence of him like skateboarding around a, a, a plaza delivering food in all these like fun acrobatic ways is so brilliant to watch because he's such a brilliant uh, physical performer and a really good actor. Um, but adding in this bizarre, these bizarre like American voice actors over all of the action, like, oh yeah, ha ha, oh that sounds good. What about me? Is he a nutcase? I don't know. Made it so silly. And I think that if it weren't for that, I would just be waiting in between action sequences. But uh, the, the the dubbing, I think, makes it really silly. Which is a silly movie anyway. But uh, yeah, Jackie Chan, it was, I believe, directed by and co-stars Sammo Hung, who's a classic of that genre. It's about two brothers who have a food truck, and they get mixed up with some stuff in, I think, Arge- Spain or Argentina. They're very different. And <laughs> in different, like, hemispheres and everything. Correct. And, well... Um, but it's, it was a lot of fun. It's like less than an hour and a half. If you're also feeling a little, just what nowadays wheels on meals is, is a a great way to just like check out and see some cool human athleticism and Jackie Chan and Jackie Chan and Jackie Chan. Now, speaking of whiplash, we're we're gonna we're gonna stop the jokes for a minute because there is something that happened in the last few days since we last recorded mm-hmm. that is 
worthy of mention here. Alex, would you like to kind of take the wheel on this one? Uh, sure. Uh, you don't have to, but I feel I feel like you're the most connected to this. Uh, Sir Sean Connery passed away. I think it was either. I think it was, you know, very shortly after we recorded our last episode, right? Mm-hmm. That the hereditary I think episode, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, obviously, very sad news. Uh, rest in peace. Uh, you know, obviously, he's the the one who started it all with James Bond, and uh, you know, I, I think we've had some ups and downs with with his movies, but I think overall we've greatly enjoyed his work, and uh, yeah, he will be missed. Well, and, and the crazy thing about that is like I haven't seen that many Sean Connery movies. I'm not you know gonna pretend anything I, I I don't have. But regardless of, and he's been in some big movies. But regardless mm. of that, like he is a real deal movie star, and that says something that even if the movie itself is not that iconic, that he is so iconic in all of these movies, and not just for James Bond, but like Untouchables and Hunt for the Red October and Man Who Would Be King. I mean, uh, it, it's crazy of that like some I mean, you don't see it as much nowadays well you kind of do but like i don't know he is a real deal movie star like i read a really interesting i think it was matt zoller sites wrote a uh just kind of like blog post kind of retrospective on his uh, connery's career and life and it was really interesting and he was talking about like we're going to be reckoning with this guy for as long as people care about movies mm-hmm. like you know, he worked through, what, four or five decades of it, you know? He was this massive deal and a controversial figure sometimes, but, like, we're going to be talking about this guy forever, and I think that's true. Um, and you just really can't understate that kind of... the the gravity of that kind of figure. Um, regardless of, of, you know, your enjoyment of his movies, like, that, that's a big deal, Sean Connery. So, yeah. Worthy of mention, at least. I don't again have a particularly strong connection to a lot of his works but we did watch through all the uh the james bond movies uh and you know, those would have been much less enjoyable if he was not at the helm i think um for for all the grief i gave them uh and so that right there is is a little a little testament i think um in terms of stuff we've talked about on the podcast but obviously uh i think his legacy goes well beyond those um and uh, will definitely be missed. And don't bet money on it, but there's a chance we're going to end up doing an episode on League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. That's... I'm not... I am not telling you it's coming soon. No. But I'm saying, if I know us... I'm, I'm not I'm not telling you it's coming soon. Don't I, put that arrow in my quiver. I'm not telling you it's coming soon, but I am telling you to bet money on it. oofa doofa well we are gonna be back at you guys next week for uh we're going to the smithsonian going to washington pack your bags now is this the the type of uh, honestly is this the type of family sequel because i haven't actually seen this one where we we Mm. get like the the uh you know ex-wife and son for like 30 seconds and then they're just out of the movie because we go to a different location or do we, we not even bother? That. I'm really not sure. I think maybe the kid is back. The kid for might a good be. bit of it. I'm I'm really not. I don't even know if Carla Gugino's back. She may not be because I think yeah I don't know. Disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> you can find us online at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. You can find us on Twitter at hct sequels. Uh, you can look for us on Spotify and iTunes and SoundCloud. You can email us at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. Um, Google search. Yahoo. Bing. You can, you can ask Jeeves. Ask Jeeves. He knows where to find us. Um, d- those are the only websites, so I don't really know what else to... <laughs> those are the only websites. That's it. <laughs> Facebook? We're not on Facebook. You can follow a star, and we'll be there. That is true. Eventually. Look, if you walk far enough, eventually you'll get back to where you started. So Eventually you'll get to the Here Come the Sequels podcast. That's true. Oh, wow. Um, 
man, I do not know what I'm going to do tonight. I know exactly what I'm going to eat dinner. But um, I will. I also know that I will be seeing and, or speaking to our – Kyle, almighty my brain. <laughs> I've been Britain. Oh, that's it. Oh, okay. I've been Alex. <laughs> okay. Sure. I'm not? Tyler. Um, and you know what? I think I think we could all use a little night at the museum. Uh, that I could. You're having a long night at the museum. I don't know what I was. Uh. All right, Alex. Um, all right, we need we need we need uh, we need bloopers. Um, <laughs> we gotta get a good. Oh, okay. I hate when Tyler puts good. us on the spot like this. <laughs> Alex, I need to bloop. I need to bloop, but I don't know if I can. <laughs> I need to. Uh, okay. What is, is um, Rami Malekite? It's where Rami Malek is in Sailor Moon. Is that anything? Will that get us the 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 anime the Crunchyroll? <laughs> is it sad that the best I thought of was Rami Malekith? 